Support for SyncBook Radio comes from listeners like you. Consider helping to make independent productions like SyncBook Radio possible by becoming a donor. Your generous gift helps to keep these unique voices broadcasting and exploring. Details about how you can help can be found at thesyncbook.com slash donate. Thanks. In the Quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on the bus. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is armed. It drops below 50, it blows up. What do you do? What do you do? Good evening, I'm Douglas Falls, and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncWorld Radio and thesyncworld.com. A weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. Tonight, we offer you something incredible. All right, pop quiz. Airport gunman with one hostage. He's using her for cover. He's almost to the plane. You're a hundred feet away. Shoot the hostage. Hello, Will Morgan here, and tonight we'll spend 42 minutes with Brian Bite, the chairman of the World Speed Project. Yet there's more. Tonight, as we bring bus number 2525 up to speed, we do so with Bo G, author of the Keanu Code, writing Shotgun and offering his insight as our special Keanu advisor to 42 Minutes. This is going to be epic, and we welcome you both, Brian, Bo. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. (laughs) First question, what is the World Speed Project? The World Speed Project seeks to obtain every available VHS copy of the hit 1994 action-adventure film Speed on VHS Star. Oh, I already said on VHS. I usually have this, like, pretty canned and ready to go. But anyway, we're looking for every single copy of uh, the VHS movie Speed. Uh, Every single copy. Do you have any idea how many copies of Speed there are in the world? No, I emailed Fox and they would not send me a response, so uh, they're next on my list. (laughs) (laughs) And so that is the aim of the World Speed Project. What is the aim or aims of the Kickstarter that you have associated with the World Speed Project? Right, the World Speed Project Kickstarter is designed to get my 17-passenger bus to look like the bus from the movie Speed so that I can uh, travel the country hunting down copies of Speed. I actually also, though, was offered the actual bus from the movie that they did the filming on. Sandra sat in the driver's seat. Keanu stood over her shoulder. The guy offered it to me for $11,500. So if the Kickstarter makes it to $11,500, I will buy the real bus. So far, we're at $2,244. Okay. Damn. But, and what is your Kickstarter goal, original goal? My original was $2,500 to get the bus painted, uh, like the bus from the movie. But now uh, my goal is like 11500 Okay. And then when does, when does the campaign end? There's seven days left. Seven days left. So it's... 
It ends on June 10th, which is the uh, 20th anniversary release of Movie Speed. <sighs> Did okay. you watch the movie in the theater when it came out? Me? I was too young to watch it. Like, I guess I wasn't too young. I was only like, I was seven when the movie came out. And uh, I think the first movie I went to was when I was like, maybe eight, and it was The Lion King. So I never saw Speed in the theater. <laughs> well, Dude, I we- did. I saw Speed in the theater in all its glory. I remember seeing it as well. I just want to know... I the bus, the, the bus jumping the freeway scene was more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you know you had to do this? When was it like, I must get Speed? I think... The, the the origin story, which is, has been told a number of times, and so I'll recap it briefly, but uh, was when I was in a in a pawn shop in Seattle, and they had six identical copies of the movie, and I was going to get everybody in my family a copy of the movie, so they'd all think that I love them equally. I was going to get them all these, these, these copies for Christmas. Uh, but then, like, I got them home, and having six of the same thing was for some reason fascinating. Like, inexplicably, it was like a cosmic calling. They're all just like, lying in a circle with candles lit and me, like, trying to sit with my legs cross-legged, you know? Uh, and then from there on, I just had to collect them. And as of April, I believe you had 500-plus copies of Speed? Yeah, and I actually have 600-plus now because I've been receiving copies in the mail uh, from all the uh, hype, you know, from the, the articles and whatnot. Yeah, and so what is the most high-profile news organization that's contacted you in regards to the World Speed Project? I Besides 42 minutes. Right, right. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, it was it was probably USA Today or ABC because I did two different interviews with ABC. Well, I was on Good Morning America, but I didn't actually they didn't actually talk to me. They just got my permission to show clips from the Kickstarter video. And then I was on ABC's like young people cable station called Fusion TV. You can watch all these interviews by going to uh, the Facebook page, World Speed Project. You just type in Facebook.com slash the World Speed Project. But, uh, and then I was also on All Things Considered, NPR's like national news program. Oh, yeah. And then I was on a couple of different Fox affiliates. I did a couple of uh, webcam interviews with Fox. One of them was in Minnesota, and I can't remember where the other one was. But so, so Fox, ABC, uh, you know, I guess major television networks. And then as far as the donors to your campaign goes, are they just, is it out there do you, because of that reach? Are you getting donations from all over, or do you feel like you have a community of world speed? I mean, you're the chairman. Is there is there a larger body that the chairman serves? Well, yeah, there's... Uh... There's the World Speed Project, the World Speed Project Facebook group, which is different from the Facebook page, and you can join that. And if you're a part of the World Speed Project Facebook group, and you live in a certain city where I don't already have a collection affiliate, you you can act as my uh, my collection master general in that area, and you'll 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 collect <laughs> copies from people and send them to me. So that's sort of like the uh, pyramid scheme style networking we do. Um, but the uh, as for the Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, I've gotten donations from all over the world. Uh, a guy named Mark Ashley donated $150 all the way from Sydney, Australia. So that's like pretty exciting. And thank you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why don't we 
what the fuck are we gonna do with that many students <laughs> together? It's like it, the beauty of it, the overwhelming beauty. Do you me. understand the symmetry that he's about to achieve, <laughs> William Morgan? <laughs> what happens then? What? Bo G, author of the Keanu Code, can you clue us into some of the metaphysical implications of the movie Speed in your own research? Please. Sure, sure. Uh, I don't know if I can say how that relates to the to the Speed Project, but uh, I'm sure there's a connection in there. Um, let's see. Speed is kind of at the center of my uh, thesis of what Keanu movies are really all about um, because I see it as very... Uh, its meaning is very connected to the uh, end of the Mayan calendar in 2012, which of course happened a little while ago, but is still such a big uh, central central time phenomena in our of our current era. It kind of is in, in the middle of a, a ten thousand year cycle in a way, um, and uh, yeah. So where to start with that? Um, the uh, well, it, it, it feels like if speeds about two thousand and twelve, like the collection of all the VHSs, which, you know, post-2012, like, VHS cassettes are, like, useless. You know what I mean? Obviously not totally useless, but, yeah, I think I think uh, this... I think what, what Ryan's doing is really... Uh, could be could be used for so many things. I mean, magical rituals, you could build some whole, like, Stonehenge temple out of temporarily <laughs> adhesed uh, copies of the movie. And then do some ritual to uh, channel the energies of the whole 2012 transition. Um, <laughs> there's many, many connections. I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, how many copies are you guessing are out there? Is there? There's probably at least 25, 25 copies of it if you got at least oh, yeah. 1,000. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. What, what I think is that there's got to be millions of copies, right? Because they had four distinct runs of English versions. Like okay. of uh, American versions, and then they have uh, a, a, they have they have they have Polish copies, they have Danish copies, they have Finnish copies, they have Australian copies, which are different from the UK copies. So they have all those different copies, right? So there's got to be there's got to be millions. But this might help us uh, answer the question in some way. The very first time somebody asked me what I was going to do with all the copies, I said once I had them all, I was going to shoot them into space so that like. <laughs> Alien life forms or whoever in in outer space—that's that's like the message that they would get from Earth—is just that like speed. That's what they get. So this has to relate to that like Mayan calendar in some way. And who knows? Maybe we just miscounted the Mayan calendar. And in some way, once I have all the copies and I send them into space, it'll beckon some like great end of things to come. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'm seeing like the judgment tarot card when the the people are coming out of the so the copies of Speed are coming out of their crypts. Like this is part of the 2012 cycle. Like, and but the the dead VHS things are rising from the dead and coming together, you know, to become like Keanu is the holy fool on some level. So. Yeah. Huh. This would and not then, uh, be as cool if it was Waterworld. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, what, what, is, what does speed mean to you, though, Ryan? I mean, what is what is it like? 
is it a it, would you do you laugh at this movie? Is it a terrible movie? Did it mean no, anything actually, to you the first time you watched it? I mean, I, I think we can trace a few different strains of meaningfulness of the film, and one has just been inspired by our conversation so far. But I'll start with the first one, which right. is that it was. It, like when we when we would, when we were kids, me and my sister, we would go to like uh, like you know thrift stores with my mom, and she would like rarely buy us like just the crap we wanted because we were little kids, so we'd always be digging out crap and like demanding that my mom would buy it. Uh, and even less often did she buy, buy us like rated R VHS movies. But somehow we got Speed past her radar. Like I think she'd seen it and thought that it wasn't too bad. So Speed was something we watched all the time as kids because I grew up on a farm and we didn't have cable. We just had normal TV. And normal right. TV is so boring in the middle of the day, so, especially in the summer. So we would just watch Speed, like, incessantly. So that's one thing. I've, I've mentioned in articles that Freud's repetition compulsion comes in, into play here. Somehow my unconscious is playing out some sort of childhood trauma through through repeating Speed over and over again. So that's one strain of meaning. Uh, another strain of meaning is that uh, I actually play in, in, a, in a grind band, and grind music is sort of like uh, characterized by being like really fast paced, you know, all the time. Like we just we try to play like as fast as we can. And they say that people's people's mothers whose whose hearts like beat fast when the kids were in the womb like fast music. So that's another like possible strain of meaning that I just like live for live for things fast. And I think I even uh, speak so quick I can't even keep up with it. And then the third strain of meaning that you guys just inspired. Uh, Sorry, I got slightly distracted. The third, the, the third strain of meaning that you guys just inspired was that uh, if somehow I'm bringing about the end of the Mayan calendar and bringing on the age of Aquarius or something like that, uh, <laughs> I, I recall yeah. that when I was a kid, that I asked my mom one time, like, what is there if there's nothing? And I was just, like, perplexed by this question, like, like what, like what is there if there's nothing, Mom? And she would just, she just kept saying, like, Brian, don't ask questions like that. And I was like, no, but really, Mom, I want to know. And I thought she was like keeping a secret from me or something. I thought it was maybe like in the in the the Looney Tunes when like Bugs Bunny will pull up the curtain and it's just white. I was like, is there only whiteness? You know, I was like totally perplexed. So now I could even say that the world's beef project is somehow me trying to beckon all the copies, like some sort of great like uh, rising of the undead, as you put it, and then bringing about the apocalypse just so I can come face to face with nothingness. Yes, imminentizing the eschaton. Yeah. That's you are perfect. yes, you're making it happen. I'm actualizing my uh my dreams. Right. Why do you think that it was rated R? Fuck me up, man. What 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 is it in speed that that gave it the R rating? I was going to show it to my kids and then I saw, oh, that's rated R. Uh Keanu says, "Fuck me." Twice <laughs> in the movie. And that's it? And you Yeah, but and, you can only say one F word. In PG-13 movies. So was... the second fuck made it R. Really? Yeah. What about Sandra Bullock's Double breasts? fuck. Gosh. Oh. Did what you... were you saying, Bo? Oh, no, what she... about Sandra Bullock? She's never she... nude. Flash of the breasts? No. Oh, that's my mind. My imagination. So. Yeah, uh... it's definitely in your imagination, because I would have paused that a lot as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so and, funny. And, Dennis Hopper keeps shooting people, so that, to me, is more yeah, of the I, the, violence, the, the amount of violence probably has something to do with it, too. Really, though, the movie's, like, not all that bad, I don't think. No, it's really tame. Yeah, it's really tame. What is uh, Point Break rated? 
Is it R also? Point Break, point break is definitely R. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of swearing uh-huh. there. Uh, I just wanted to say something in regards to launching the copies into space. Um, part of my thesis on speed is that it, it uh, starts in the heaven realm, then it descends to the earth realm, and then to the underworld, and then it comes back out to the heavens. And the return to the heavens at the end is symbolized when the subway car crashes up onto the street. And in the background, there's 2001, A Space Odyssey, playing on the theater. And the, and the subway, train, subway car almost crashes into this van that's a Star Tours van. So it's all this space symbolism at the end. And maybe that's part of what you're helping to, to really bring Rock, about. If rocketing, you're out, rocketing out of the underworld. Like, yeah, and you yeah, know what exactly. we need to find out? We need to, we, we need to find out if that van that the subway crashes into is a Dodge van, because my van is a Dodge van, and that would be some kind of prophecy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, do you guys have anything for the 2525? Isn't this bus totally. number 30? Wait, is it route number 33? Route number 33, yeah. But bus number 2525. Yeah, on the top there's yeah. big 2525. Uh, do you want to go first? Sorry, what, you're, what was the question? <laughs> what are the Dude, imp- what are the implications of twenty five twenty five? I mean, oh, thirty three. Right. Yeah. We know thirty three is the numbers of Freak degrees Masonic, of Illuminati Jesus and the thing, spine. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Jesus, right? You know, this actually this actually didn't occur to me until extremely recently, but I realized that twenty five twenty five is fifty in half. Exactly. So 25 times 2 is 50, and the bus has to go 50 miles an hour. Duh. So either the filmmakers uh, saw the number on the bus and decided 50 mile, miles an hour was the speed it was going to go, or they intentionally decided 50 miles an hour and then decided that it had to be bus 2525. And so then we were already uh, present to some splitting between 25 and 25. And so we have to figure out, you know, it would be really fucked up if both Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock were 25 when they shot the movie, but I don't think uh, that <laughs> that's on the it. case. <laughs> Good question. Oh. Uh, yeah. The also there's the 50 foot leap they have to make over the unfinished part of the freeway, so there's like three 50s going on in there at least. Oh yeah. And then uh, Point yeah, Break was really weird. the. Yeah, there's, it's, a, it's a big Keanu pattern in the 50s. Like Point Break was the main movie before Speed, kind of an action thriller leading up to it. And at the end of Point Break, you have the 50-year storm that the Bodhi swims out to and gets wiped out. And so the 50 is a really big thing in the whole Keanu symbology. It's real subtle, but it shows up in, at the beginning of The Matrix, too, along with 69, which is the Bill and Ted number. Um, by the oh, way, Bill, yeah. and Ted's, Bill and Ted Day is coming up soon on the sixth month, ninth day. Apparently, that's a, a new holiday. Um, but uh, yeah, the twenty-five, twenty-five. I'd also suggest ties in with that song from I think the seventies, the in the year twenty-five, twenty-five, which is kind of about an apocalypse also, and it talks about cloning and all these things. Are you familiar with yeah, that yeah, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-five, yeah. twenty-five. Yeah, the band Leibach did a cover. That's where I first That's noticed great. it. Um, so well, it's all. I just figured it out. I'll probably have all the copies in year twenty-five, twenty-five. <laughs> That's probably okay, when so, I'll get all the copies. But then you'll need Keanu to get all the DVDs, and, too, because... Keanu and Sandra are both born in 1964. Both? Whoa. Speed was 1994, so they were both 30. Uh, hmm. Right? Yeah, that's so still that's, kind of a coincidence. That's not the answer. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> interesting. No, I really think the year 2525 is the year that I will have every copy and be ready to shoot them into space. <laughs> well, then some say that that's the actual end of the Mayan calendars, like closer to 20, like 25, not 25. I knew we counted wrong. We use Western mathematics and not Mayan mathematics. Hmm. You know, I just noticed also Sandra Bullock's birthday is July 26, which is the same birthday as Stanley Kubrick. Whoa. But that has nothing to do with anything. No. Except for <laughs> 2001 at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. And What's going to happen after this, though? I wonder what you're going to do next. After you get as many copies or as many as possible from Speed, are you going to go for the lake house next? <laughs> oh, man, that'd be really funny. Is that the one where Keanu is an architect? Yeah. And yeah. Sandra yeah, looks future or whatever. Yeah, and I studied architecture in school. Ah, whoa. All right. So that's weird. And you know in you know in the Lake House that Sandra Bullock, not to spoil it too much, but he, she ends up saving Keanu from getting hit by a bus. So instead yeah. of him saving her on a bus, it's a weird reversal. This is fucked up. <laughs> we're, obvi- <laughs> we're obviously well, like on a, a runaway causal train. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say uh, a runaway causal bus. <laughs> So, do you? I I know, Bo. You may not realize it, but you're aware of synchromysticism. Do you have any sense of what synchromysticism is, Ryan? Uh, just based on the term, I would imagine that you, uh, you know, you somehow mythologize synchronicities in the world, and that's something I can be totally down with. You know, just yesterday I was watching The Secret Life of the American Teenager, this terrible ABC Family show that I'm in love with. And Molly Ringwald sings the theme song, and I walked into our kitchen to get, like, a glass of water while it was playing, and the drips from the sink were exactly on beat with the song from the movie, and I, or the TV show, and I thought that was, like, so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sink sink. <laughs> it's a sink sink. <laughs> yeah, see, it's fucked up. <laughs> Well, so there are those of us who have found that oftentimes an actor's <laughs> an actor's signature moves beyond the one film. So actually, there's a connection. He brings something from film to film to film and tells a larger narrative with the various. For example, roles. real quick with Keanu Reeves, because I'm sure that you're familiar with his work. You have the whole Bill and Ted thing going on in a phone booth, right? Well, in The Matrix, that's what happens. You remember? It's the whole big issue of them going through the phone to go into the computer. Oh, yeah, system. yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, he comes out of the phone booth and takes off like Superman. Man, that's twisted. And they're always, in the Matrix, in Bill and Ted, if you've mastered time and space, they're generally wearing uh, sunglasses and uh, trench coats, just like The Matrix. Just like the Men in Black Matrix thing going on. I have and a trench act- coat as part of my costume and I wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's Whoa, weird. And then, of course, you know, like he becomes the Man in Black in like the black t-shirt thing, whatever, in the, that movie, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. He, One uh, of the most guess. obvious archetypes, though, is that of the hero slash messiah, because he was both Neo, the one, and... Buddha. 
Right. But you're yeah. telling me I'm the Messiah because that's definitely true. <laughs> you you look like Jesus. Just look, <laughs> ringing on like 2012. You're accelerating. And like Jesus this is shit is happening. Anarchy to the world. Right. My anarchy headband. <laughs> he he did come to bring a sword. <laughs> so then we can all agree that we all love Keanu. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. I love him more than Sandra. Yes. Did you know, like this, I was really obsessed with Keanu for a time. I definitely was. And so as, as you begin to explore someone's sync web, as it's called, you start watching all their films to just see if there's anything that connects, like any strange rhymes between different films. And I found that he played Hamlet in Winnipeg. And that just kind of blew my mind because I can't, number one, imagine. I mean, so what is he doing in Winnipeg? playing Hamlet, doing Shakespeare, but then I just can't see him doing that, and I knew that I would love it, and it's really a shame that there's only a couple pictures. I don't know, like, there's no way to to witness that. Someone's got it recorded, I'm sure. Well, when did, when think... did he play Hamlet in Winnipeg? Like, a long time ago before everybody had smartphones, or recently? It, it was probably pre-smartphones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're never going to see it. <laughs> He could do it again. He's not as young, but I think he really loves Shakespeare from what I hear. But then, like, that, I, there was, uh, I think there was a review in, like, the London Times saying that this was the role that he was born to play because he is Hamlet. Yeah. And wow, on some great. strange level, I mean, it's precisely true. He's always saying, whoa, and, it's, and then there's that phrase, whoa is me. <laughs> Or what was, or some? I forget how that ties into Hamlet, but there's a lot of Hamlet sinks in there too, like the every, the dog will have his day and all those kind of things, and the dog star connections. Yes. Do you want me to get into the some things on the dog star in the twenty five twenty five and? Uh, well, it's interesting because you know it seemed like fifty one. I know Alan Green connects fifty one to Sirius. And it seems like that would be more of a. I don't know if that's him or if that's actually one of those serious connections. It it is well. Fifty is usually the way it's referenced in like the book, the Serious Mystery. But I think the the orbital period between the two the twin stars of Sirius, the twin dog stars, um, is about 50, forty-nine to fifty-one years, but averages around fifty. So you, that's I think that's a lot of why you see the fifties in Keanu's career because he has so much dog star symbolism going on. Um, and you know what else is messed up? I once had to cop with a, a stage name for myself as a musician, and like deep from out of my unconscious, because I blurted it out instantly, came the name Dog Boss, all one word, all lowercase. <laughs> so if Keanu is the dog star, and I'm the dog boss, then somehow I'm in charge of the dog star. <laughs> 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 or maybe you're meant so to uh, you're meant to unite the band Dogstar with uh, Bruce Springsteen, perhaps. Oh, I could do that. I can play drums, and Keanu can play bass, so we're already halfway there. <laughs> there was a film that I saw, another kind of Jesus sync, where he had this bizarre tattoo, and actually, I think if I'm not mistaken. Persephone from The Matrix was in that film too, and she kills herself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bob? Oh yeah, the uh, what's it? The Private Lives of Pippa Lee. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it has Winona Ryder there too, and she's been in several movies with them. You're right. But, so when it, but in that movie, he didn't directly connect with either of them, but they were all in the same movie. Yeah, You're, it's Dracula, and then yeah. also um, the Matrix. And, well, no, yeah, Winona were, was. <laughs> boy, she should have been. And both, well, both the women were in the in the in Dracula, Winona, and uh, what's the the model who. Uh, uh, in the Matrix. Uh, what's her name? Bellucci. Monica. Yeah, yeah, Monica Bellucci. And she really does represent, in my mind, uh, a high priestess archetype. Wait, she, the, the that chick who kisses him in the in the bathroom. Yeah. Also, and Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Yeah, she she's was one of the like succubi in the bed with him. Yeah. Well, blow me down. I think that's what they were doing. Yeah, you know, she's also that. in a movie. She's also in a movie where the opening scene uh, is her being raped by Vincent Cassell. So that's like extremely bizarre. Also, I don't know how we like tie all this in, but it seems like something troubling is afoot. And he's her husband in real life, I believe. And he was in that ayahuasca movie, the Blueberry or the Renegade, which with that amazing ayahuasca scene with all the snakes and scorpions. Just another connection. Jesus, my head's hurt. Yeah. Right on. It's always a good sign with this stuff. The uh, uh, like somehow we bounce. have to tie a singular proposition in that explains all these things, and so I'm working on it. <laughs> well, it seems like so. I just googled him, and I was hoping just because I I I had read what the meaning of his name meant. You guys probably know that off the top of your head. You mean Keanu or Vince Cassell? Keanu. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. What does it mean? Oh, uh, usually they say a, a cool wind over the mountain, but to me there's the whole Anunnaki reversal thing at the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, Kianu to Anunnaki. Uh, but yeah, cool breeze over the mountain named after his uncle, I believe. Uh, it, it... Okay, then here's another, here's another messed up thing. If that's what his name means, another stage name I chose for a different band was Necro Zephyr. Necro Zephyr? Like and that means like wind. Necro dead so wind. Like, yeah, like a slow breeze of death. <laughs> I chose it because it sounded super lame, you know, like death, <laughs> light breeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so here's That's something. Pretty weird. The Daily Mail calls Keanu breezy writer. Wait. <laughs> no, but uh, all the all the internets are is the interwebs are saying that it's the return of sad Keanu. Just recently? Yeah, like four days ago. Huh. I'm out of touch. Me too. Well, and apparently it's an internet meme. Sad Keanu quickly became an internet meme following pictures which ranged from him eating a sandwich on a park bench to to, uh, celebrating his birthday alone. I, I'm guessing. I have to. It, it was a pretty major meme. They made all these art adaptations of that picture just crazy. crazy. It t- the picture took off and all these crazy variations. And he wrote a book called Ode to Happiness not too long after that, which allegedly wasn't a counter response to the, to the sad Keanu meme. Well, people say Keanu's all fucked up because his family died, right? Well, his, his uh, fiance died, and then a while after, and I think, and I think they're. Kid had died soon after before that, but his family's alive. Though his sister's been fighting cancer a lot. I know too much of this. 
the dude like he takes pay cut or pay cuts to work with certain individuals, and he like still drives in the subway, and he acts like a regular dude. Yeah, he's he's, he's not got like a lot a, of humility. Right. And one of his sisters works for EA Sports. And that stands for Excellent it's Adventure, right? EA Sports is... I don't know. Uh, that's just an art... It's like sports video games. Huh. EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> yeah, she's like a yeah. marketing person for them. Hmm. That's what Art Silverman of NPR told me. Hmm. <laughs> but <that> he, <laughs> I just think it's so funny that, like, okay, so you have this idea. It's quirky. It's funny. It's like... Something Will, there. I don't think it's, you're registering the artistic It is. Design. I get it. I get it. The thing is, the cool thing to me is how, like, it's interesting to people. Like, it seems like, you know, there's it's all over the news and stuff like that. And I see people talking about the World Speed Project. That's what's so funny about it. I've heard people comment about it and stuff. And I don't, why does it resonate with people? That's the thing. Like, it's just, it's. So like, Bo is Keanu Jesus? Jesus, I. I that's mean, a big no, topic, but I'd say basically no. No. I mean, then again, he's kind of the reverse Jesus because I see Jesus as this symbolic religious figure that wasn't historically real, but Keanu is a symbolic figure that is historically real, but his all of his uh, savior roles are. Uh, metaphorical, or they're they're on movies. They're not. No one's trying to say he's really that, or most people aren't trying to say he's really that savior figure. But he is historical. Just the other parts are all abstract. I don't think I worded that well. No, you did. And then you, I've heard that one of the reasons why he's so successful as an actor is that he's actually a genuinely very nice guy. That people like him. I think he's also really has a blankness to him that kind of lets him fill any role. It's like this universal kind of figure. His em- that emptiness he maintains in his roles, and the kind of fool type archetype. He on in interviews, he has a lot more personality than in most of his movies. So I think he carries that emptiness in a good way. That sounds simplicity. super profound. <laughs> uh, Do you have a, a favorite Keanu film? Who are you asking? You. Me, um, good question. I mean, there's somewhere I actually think he acts more than others, but. Uh, the Matrix is just a great movie in general, but I don't know if he is innately connected to that as, as a necessary thing as much as it might seem. But I love Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That just spiritually, I love that movie. What about you, Ryan? Is it is it Speed all the way? I think Speed's a really good movie. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's I awesome. also like The Matrix. I think The Matrix was the first time that I watched. Or the I saw I think I I think the Matrix was the first movie I watched of Keanu's that I thought was like really good because I saw it when I was like thirteen and I thought like Keanu was great you know I thought everyone would want to be like Keanu in that movie because every teenager feels like there's something like important that is like well I guess not every teenager feels like this but like I kind of wanted to feel like there was like something uh, more important out there for me than like the dubiousness of high school. And that I was just like waiting to wake up from the dream and like find that thing, and so it like it really worked. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one I would say is my favorite. But I I, I can say that at different moments in my lives, I've let 
Keanu's characters resonate with me. Well, you sound like a synchromistic to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I am. If it if it helps at all, I'm going to I'm going to graduate school for philosophy in the fall. So I can't ignore metaphysics, you know. <sighs> well, yeah. Someday, if it's possible, I'd love to uh, visit wherever you're stationed and maybe make like a temporary temple with all these with all the VHS tapes before you send them to space. Oh, that some ritual around. That it. would be great if you. If you look at some of the pictures that are on the Facebook also, I set them up in a really large rectangle with a TV in the middle and watched speed in my front yard in inside the the, the wall of speed. <laughs> Somehow that's almost like the thing is eating itself. Like I'm guessing you watched it on VHS, right? Yeah, no doubt. And right in the sun and everything. <laughs> what did you guys think of my own private idaho what about you ryan is that a movie you've ever seen oh yeah i've definitely seen that that's a great movie that that probably that that almost seems like it would really capture like keanu's true soul like if ever keanu came out in a film I feel like it would be that movie, especially with the heavy Shakespearean like sort of referenced language in the film. Yeah. So that Hamlet comes out. I don't know if you guys have seen the film, but I think it's a Gus Van Sant movie. Yes. And I yeah. I remember reading a thing where he was saying that he was yeah, and he was explicitly trying to channel a sort of like urban Shakespeare, like urban urban style dialogue. It was somehow also Shakespearean. So all the words were urban words and urban phrases, but the sort of rhythm of yeah. like Shakespearean dialogue. Yeah, the, it, especially like in the warehouse. I think that might have been in Portland. It just had a real theatrical feel. Right, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. That is a good one. That's one of the Gus Van Sant movies I actually like. Yeah. <laughs> His mentor in that was named Bob, right? The older guy. Um, and then the guy who uh, is accused of messing up the elevator at the beginning of Speed is also named Bob. They kind of mess with him that he pushed the wrong button. There's a lot of Bob connections that show up. Oh, man. There's got to be a Bob and Bill and Ted somewhere also. Uh, I think they, they are resonate with Jay and Silent Bob. But I don't know if there's a Bob in Bill and Ted. Hmm. And so let's see. Uh, it's he makes movies every every year. It seems like um, a couple in 2012, a couple in 2013. Have you guys seen some of these? Generation Um, I think that one is on Netflix. Probably it's a weird one. It's kind of like that uh, my own private Idaho style in terms of the weird spaciousness and artsiness. Huh. Yeah, yeah. He starts. He learns how to film in that film, and another one he learns how to act is kind of the weird meta meta roles he's been in lately. Reverse roles. Wow. And then he's starting to direct also in, in his like his movie Man of Tai Chi. Also director. Yeah. Forty seven like Ronin. What that isn't that like an action one? Yeah, yeah. I saw it not too long ago. 
I I got to give it another chance. It wasn't I wasn't so impressed with the story. The effects were kind of cool, but the story was a bit lacking. It was all about visual. Yeah. Man of Tai Chi was pretty cool, I thought, but then Keanu's role in that, it was like he was trying to be cheesy. It was like he was some insane version of Neo or something. Yeah. I I liked him in Constantine, too. I thought that would like, really spoke to his... He's been in a lot of movies. Thumbsucker's a great film. Yeah. All right, well, we are nearing the end. Um... We want you to make your your Kickstarter, Ryan. So you know what can you what can you say, what can you tell our listeners, how can you you know exhort them to feel donate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, what I try to remind people, what I try to remind people about the World Speed Project is that it's totally useless. In fact, its only use is that it's useless. Uh, it's a it's a it's a radical exercise in pointlessness. And so, if ever anybody wanted to direct their hard-earned, or I should say, practically earned cash at an impractical goal to undermine the culture of practicality that is uh, pervasive and uh, life-threatening these days, I would say donate to the World Speed Project on that basis. You're here. Can you imagine a world where you can monetize the World Speed Project somehow so the chairman actually gets paid? Like dividends from the World Speed Project. Oh. Yeah, that would be that would be the ultimate example of like or the ultimate instance of like practicality serving in impracticality because the two are dialectically tied. Like you have you have both things. You can't have practicality without impracticality. So I almost believe people should pay me to be impractical in order to preserve practicality. Yes. See, Keanu's not Jesus. Ryan Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Keanu thinks he is me. Keanu. Didn't you hear him? Yeah, but he's yeah. Keanu. He's the dog boss. That's the dog boss. <laughs> <laughs> the puppet master behind the puppet. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with, Bo? Uh, I mean, I could go on about the 33 and other things, but I don't know. It sounds like we're tying things up now. Um, I, I must say you sound like a very wise man, Ryan, so I appreciate what you're bringing to the whole uh, world and Keanu-ness. Uh, Thank you. You guys can stay at my house anytime you want. <laughs> and so do you when you when you go to grad school for philosophy do you end up picking some kind of direction is there some some philosophy that you resonate with Ryan that somehow well, that's interesting that you'd ask that because uh if I had to have an expertise it would be in Martin Heidegger and that might end up being sort of like uh too much for people and so I mostly uh, focus on ontology, which is the most, which is which is that question: What is there if there's nothing? That's basically ontology. You yes. back where you started. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, uh, it's all just childhood childhood trauma being repeated. Well, that was 42 minutes. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Ryan Bites on the World Speed Project with the help of Bo G of the Keanu Code. 
on Thinkbook Radio or production of thethinkbook.com. More information about the work of the World Speed Project and its awesome Kickstarter can be found at facebook.com slash the World Speed Project. For more information about the Thinkbook, our guests, check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Please be sure and visit our website at 42minutes.com. If you like the podcast, please support it by becoming a donor. You'll find the donation links under each episode on the website. Consider setting up a monthly charge. Thanks so much. And never let it go below 50. Well, thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. I really hope that you can buy the bus. Yeah, I really want to buy the bus. Running from a nightmare in the middle of the road. Hell's no place to sleep in, in a world beyond control. Caught in the headlights, coming after you. When I woke up this morning, I had to do what I gotta do. Blast me to heaven, for loving you. Blast me to heaven, for loving you.
think I might yeah, have met... he converted it to an RV. Well, that's like yeah, more new... appropriate for you to like live in the motherfucker. <laughs> I know, and tour the country, and it, it like only makes sense. So now I just need some uh, some corporate entity to give me you know twelve thousand dollars. Would you are be, is the World Speed Project above like corporate sponsorship? Like absolutely would... not, because we're all about sucking the life out of practically oriented, which also means capitalistically oriented entities. To serve our uh, ideal, which is uselessness. <laughs> so, I mean, like, if I can see, like, this is the Church tequila the party bus, thing. or, like, Red Bull gives you speed. I know. I know. Wouldn't that be great? Like, it, it, all, it all makes sense. I even emailed Dodge about it and told them to get me a free van, and they never got back to me. <laughs> the momentum is almost there. It feels like you're at the tipping point. <laughs> Yeah, I just need Keanu to say he's down with it, and I'm sure that you know, Red Bull will call me. <laughs> Somehow, this is like make it makes sense, and this is a total useless, meaningless way. This fucking makes sense to people, and it makes yeah, me totally. freaking grin. It's... Yeah, I think I think people are uh, happy about it because it's like it's so obviously nuts that like the the only thing you can do is like. Just either laugh at it, ignore it, or like hate it. Like I don't know. Like it's just so obviously nuts that if you want to like it, like you're you're appreciating the uselessness of it. And I think people like to be free of feeling like everything has to be practical and useful and like have a point all the time. You right. know. And so I'm thinking about the philosophical idea of utility, and the World Speed Project basically has no utility. Which is right, and or its utility is to combat utility, and so that's like a it's sort of like a logical tautology, which is quite interesting. And well, so it's it, the fact that the, the the speed cassettes have no utility. It's like making purpose out of non-purpose, like explicitly. Yeah, yeah, and then only for the sake of purposelessness. So it's like a weird full cycle loop. <laughs> like, like the looping, freaking genius. The looping inside a VHS tape is almost like an infinity kind of loop. Oh man, that's really I've never even thought about that. Me neither. Yeah, one pole is purposefulness and the other pole is purposelessness. <laughs> um in regards to the uh impracticality or practicality at the service of impracticality and, and the meaninglessness of it all, uh the the philosophical system that I see is connected to the whole Keanu code is generally called the no way and it's all about knownness like uh and also just seeking who the self is in the midst of emptiness almost like in the upanishad writings of india there's one a famous one called the kina upanishad which sounds just like keanu and it actually means oh, man. Who am I? and then there's all these connections with the who and tommy and things that go throughout it all and this whole questioning of the nature of being and like the Matrix would suggest, none of this is real anyway, so actually all of it is impractical. It's just a distraction. So by, yeah, seeking that impracticality. Well, I, I, know, I know it's, it's not it. really steak, <laughs> but it tastes like steak. Huh. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Yeah, Upani shots are something I've never gotten to, but I know I need to. So that's the first one I'm going to start with. You it's called the Kinu. Kina. It's K-E-N-A, so it's not the exact same, but it's a very similar sound. Oh, Kina. Okay, okay. And just where it keeps on being interesting. Who, like, I'm gonna have to read that one. The Tommy and the Who has a lot of connections to the Matrix and the Doctor Who and Tom Baker and 
the phone booth and the police booth and the early Keanu movie named Flying or Dream to Believe. He's named Tommy in that. And then, you know, there's a flying in that. There's all these weird connections with the with the Keanu Who thing and the emptiness and the uh, the no way and et cetera, et cetera. I just remember. And you, and you were saying Keanu kind of has an emptiness about him. Yeah. Right. Like as an actor, you're saying and he brings a sort of like lack to him. A blankness. Like the fool card is a zero yeah. card zero and it's all that. It encompasses everything, but it's also nothing. Right. Interesting. Sad Keanu. When you were talking about 2001 and the bus, you know, coming out and you see that, yeah. I was thinking that there there needs to be a speed 9-11 conspiracy theory. Uh-huh. But then I forgot about the ultimate conspiracy theory. And I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but uh, his idea, ID in the Matrix when he's being interrogated by Agent Smith, it, it expires on to, uh, 9-11, 2001. Whoa, that's insane. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the it's first thing. Yeah. That came out in 1999. There's also another 9-11 sink in Constantine where he's seen against the word. looks like there's a sign behind his head that says $9.11. I didn't know that one. That's yeah, it's cool real weird because Constantine is actually after. But that's happened to a couple people. Like there's a scene in Will Smith in the movie – uh, what is it? The enemy of the state. He looks at the screen, and Gene Hackman. No, it's not Gene Hackman. It's John Voight's birthday on this computer screen. Says September 11th. And then um, later on, in like Hancock, that happened after. There's this part where this guy's trying to get Hancock's attention by typing in 911 for the price of whatever Hancock is buying. So it happens a couple of times with these actors where they'll have these little 9-11 sinks before. Well, it's interesting you would bring up Will Smith, too. Well, yeah, because there's this whole men in black thing that goes in between. I think Will Smith was supposed to be... He was supposed to be the Matrix, right. And then later on, I mean, Keanu goes up against Agent Smith in the Matrix, right? That's the man in black, which what is Will Smith? He's... Agent Smith, Men in Black, right? And then in The Day the Earth Stood Steel, Keanu actually like befriends the little boy who is Jaden Smith. Yeah. So he's a man in black with Agent Smith's kid. And, and then in the movie The Gift, he beats up the third Karate Kid, uh, what's her name, uh, who played A Million Dollar Baby. Uh, oh, right, Hillary Swank. Uh, yeah, so he beats her up after she's been the third karate kid. Then she goes on to become a professional boxer in the other movie, and then uh, the uh, and then Jaden Smith goes on to become the new karate kid, which is more the kung right. fu kid in the Jackie Chan. Trained by Jackie Chan or JC. Yeah. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of weird, yeah, Will Smith connections, and then the Crowley thing is so big in the Keanu thing, and that ties him into 9/11 more strongly as well. And then the Will and Thelema thing shows up a lot in the Keanu films. Um, right. But yeah, the 9/11 you have the, and the Crowley connection you have the 777, the Flight 93, all these Crowley numbers and symbologies, and then, and the Crowley Keanu thing I won't even try to get into so much now, but it's all throughout the Keanu films. Um, right. It's all so tied together. But yeah, Will Smith. Then uh, the other day I saw that Noah movie, with uh, Jennifer Connelly as Noah's wife. Right. And right. so at the end, I don't want to spoil it too much, but she's basically begging Noah to basically let to not wipe out all of humankind. And then at the end of the uh, 
day the earth stood still she's begging keanu reeves to not wipe out humankind and to save right. jaden smith so it's like she has that repeating well, role. she's actually in 1999 she was in that movie dark city which is basically the exact oh, same she, thing she was she, in dark city darn right that's, and that's the exact same i mean it's even got identical scenes with the matrix yeah and keep her because there's all these, these yeah and there's all these men in black around and everything and then at the end of that movie when she does do the dark city thing when they finally realize like the they kill the aliens because the aliens don't like water and then there's this flood of water and they actually get yeah. the beach scene where she's standing on the pier but there's this whole relationship to the water and dark city and the water and noah and then there's this whole mind fuck with these men in blacks that happen in a beautiful mind because ah, Harry, and she was in that too was she right she was actually she was actually Russell Crowe's wife in that. Again, so again. interesting. And her, yeah, her her husband, his name is Paul Bettany, who is the little friend of Russell Crowe. He's actually the same guy who's in Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. So there's this whole boat theme again. Yeah, and water. Right, and he actually talks Noah or Russell Crowe into taking him by the Galapagos Islands, right? To uh, view the 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 path that uh, Darwin took for evolution, because yeah. you know Noah and evolution can't be in the same book together, right? Right. And so this guy, who is Noah's like imaginary friend, is actually the guy who he takes or Noah takes to, to the Galapagos Islands. Which what's even more fucked up is that he played or Paul Bettany played in the movie Creation about as, Charles Darwin as, as Darwin. He, Yes, he played Darwin, and his wife was Jennifer Connelly. Was he the main demon guy in the Constantine with Keanu? Did you just say that? Uh, no. That was, that was a wrong no, story. He's not in, no, no, no. There's a whole – it's all fucked up. Like all of these movies and stuff are co- connected in these ways that give these humongous archetypes. It's There's not just Keanu. Of, it's not just yeah, – like it's yeah, all of them. It's fucking – across the board and how they all fit together is like what we're studying here but the fact that you know all of us are entwined with these things in some weird way and like it's just funny yeah the uh, there's yeah there's loads of water stuff in keanu's films and then and that movie 2012 the big epic one they had the big arcs in that that looked a lot like the noah arc um and the same producer that was on the was on speed the uh mark gordon or something Produce both those movies. Um, it's all well, age query. What's that? Which guy was in Speed? Oh, the producer was, uh, I believe, Mark Gordon of both Speed and the 2012 movie. Um, oh, okay. And that's one of your. That's one of the connections for the 2012 Speed connection. Uh, not it's so all, I, mean, I noticed that afterwards. It's all it's all it's all Horus baby, like fucking devil's advocate, like the baby of Satan. It's all this age of Aquarius symbolism. I've never tried it's to like connect Rosemary's baby and that. Up. Yeah. Well I mean uh the water thing, the water bearer I guess. Uh and then yeah the water and end of point break washes away the bad guys and very interesting. So, huh? There's some so much weird stuff going on. So then, do you feel like, in your book, you get to the heart of it, or did you just begin to uncover this mystery? Me, um, I feel like I've gotten a lot of the key components. All these 
Jennifer Connelly connections are kind of newer to me. I, knew, I know she has a lot of think, sync things in her career, but I didn't realize that there were that many connections between the Russell Crowe and her and Keanu. Right. Well, she's like I said, she's intertwined both of them because they met Paul Bettany and Jennifer Connelly met on this, the 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 set of uh, A Beautiful Mind, and then they continually both of them seem to work with Crowe continuously. And it creates like this thread where all of the movies could be played back to back to back, and you would. And it's weird because the same year that he did Noah, Crow and Connolly are also in another movie called The Winter's Tale about these horses that came out earlier this year. And I remember being in the theater, and they played this this preview for The Winter's Tale, and then they played Noah. So it was huh. like Jennifer Connolly and Crow, then Jennifer Connolly and Crow again. It was mind-numbing. Like, I wanted to walk out of the movie theater just to process what happened then. Were the horses wild stallions by any chance? One was black and one was white. Ah, so kind of tarot-like, I guess. But Yeah, it's uh, very chariot tarot. Yeah, there's, I'm always seeking the deeper meaning of wild stallions. Uh, ah. The... Huh. Yeah, because, like, in, in uh, the day that... Earth stood still, there were all the arcs that were like those spherical arcs taking preserving the life forms and bringing them up in outer space. Right. And then uh, she was cr- chasing the crystal ball in the David Bowie film, The Labyrinth. Um, and then, yeah, the last movie she was in with uh, Aronofsky ended pretty weird for her, The Requiem for a Dream. Um, well, The Requiem for a Dream is weird because it has the same, it, it ends the same way that Dark City does. Really? Right, because she's on the pier of Coney Island. That's like the last thing that Jared Leto sees, and that's the same thing that the guy sees at the end of Dark City because he goes to Shell Beach, and Jennifer Connelly turns around, she's on the pier. So it's this water scene again. And that's that's actually, if you look at the movie poster for Requiem of the Dream, it has this giant eye, and it has Jennifer Connelly standing in front of a pier. And, of course, there's this whole narcotic sleep thing. Narcotics <laughs> mean sleep. And then in the Dark City, they, the aliens they keep replaying them. They, yeah, they keep putting them to sleep and changing their memories. But then if if you invoke Will Smith it's Ryan, and Keanu... Ryan's Ryan still with us? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Is Ryan sleeping? Because... No, he's... No, no, I'm cool. I'm, like, listening to it. I'm trying to figure out how, like, a uh, a philosopher would, like, in earnest answer synchronicity. I think... There's a point. I mean, most people who see it, and if you play the some scenes back-to-back and they look like, oh, it's the same fucking scene, this actor has to know about this fact, right? But if it's synchronicity, then it's subliminal messaging by the unconscious, and then you have to get into this right. whole idea of what the point of it is. Like, it, this goes down to Young, this goes down to Joseph Ca- Campbell, but it takes it like to this whole other level. See, most people see movies and they see trash. You know, they see these cassette tapes and this million speed or whatever. But this thing had an attendance on its opening weekend probably higher than any church of that at that same time period. What movie is that? The... Speed. Oh yeah, really? You know what I'm saying? Like it was, 
it doesn't matter which religious background you were, if you were Muslim or whatever, you're going to see this like mythology of Keanu Reeves like saving this bus, and then everybody was talking about it the next thing, and the, it probably made more money than any church on the face of the planet at that same time. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like it's, it's like it's right. it's a religious experience. It's a, it's a ritual. It's like it's the same. It's, it had just as big of an impact. As say like the mythologies of Osiris or Dionysus or whatever, yada yada. It was just all at one time and not spread out over thousands of years. So that's one of the things that I find interesting is that we tend to think that mythology is something that other cultures did. You know, the the collected myth mythological works. And so is that still happening? Quite possibly that you know, in in the roles of Keanu, that you know we're mythologizing unconsciously the same archetypes, and we actually have actors enacting these, like the stars. As you know, we have people say that they used to look to the stars to tell their stories. We still do. It's just that they've they're a little closer. Just as yeah. far away. I mean, it's not like any of us are going to meet friggin' Keanu. Uh, it seems likely that some of us might. <laughs> I'm not too worried about myself. But... <laughs> <laughs> They're all just people. Yeah. Exactly right. First, but... and so he might not have any. Would do you have? Do you think he has any sense of this, Bo? I'd like to think he might have heard little mentions of it by now. I, I've I've been really negligent of the Keanu code lately. I I still have it as one of my main life projects, but the last few months I've had to work on other things. Um, but I I think it's possible some mention has creeped into his ear by now. But maybe not. Eventually, I think though. Well, I mean, hear. do you think the speeds hit the speed? The world speed project has hit national news. How could he not know about it at this point? Yeah, he, he must have heard of that. I know. Right, and Graham Yost, the uh, the screenwriter of the movie, commented on the project. He told Entertainment Weekly that aside from stopping world hunger uh, and uh, like ending war, that the World Speed Project was the most important thing anyone could do. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can so take that Graham quote. Yost and yeah, you can take that quote and put it like this is the most important thing anyone can do. Yeah, and justified as yeah, so popular. Know, right? he's, yeah. He's got an audience. Well, gentlemen, uh, it has been a wonderful evening. I have enjoyed ranting to you all. It's time for bed, though. Yes, it is. Okay, this was great. Um, this was so much fun. Do, do you have any music from your band, Ryan? Uh, yeah, you can look up all the music I've ever done. You can, you just have to go to, um, you type in, you go to Bandcamp. Have you guys heard of Bandcamp? It's yeah, where like yeah. most musicians. Yeah, so you go to Bandcamp and you look up Control Force, C O N T R O L F O R C E. Uh, yeah, you just look up Control Force, and that's all the music I've ever done that I've ever actually recorded. And then my newest band is called Nail Bastard, all one word, all uppercase. And you can, you can hear stuff from that. I actually, uh, yeah, it was funny this last weekend because I was in Spokane, Washington. You guys probably know where that is. Um, yeah. And I was like, on Friday, my band played at this festival there. And then on Saturday, I had to go to Comic-Con and speak as the World Speed Project guys at the Spokane Comic Book Convention. 
then I had to go back to the, 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 the music festival and be the speed guy at like the final show. I like came up on stage and accepted some copies and then jumped from the stage onto the balcony and disappeared from the building. So it was like back and forth between being like uh, a famous musician and like a famous uh, useless artist, you know? I'm inspired. I just donated. Uh, <laughs> no, it's great. I donated six 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 to your campaign today, just to. Oh, thank you. I was asking somebody to do that. I actually put that on the internet. I said somebody yeah. donate six six six. Okay, so that's not just synchronicity this time. That's uh, people obeying my commands, and that that makes sense as the Messiah. As the boss. <laughs> so thank you. You're doing an excellent job. All right. So, but you had a, a goal today. Did, are you close? My goal is 250 today. I haven't looked at it just yet to see if I hit that. Let me let me open it up. Maybe you've exceeded it more by now. Yeah, 252. So perfect. I'm set. <laughs> I like to like PBS does. I like to create mini goals and then have people achieve those because they seem more realistic. Yeah. We just did. We're we're doing a a live event in Olympia, Washington, and we raised some money to, uh, you know, just produce the event, rent venues and that kind of thing. And we ended up doing a live show on the final day to try and so we had people in the chat room and everything, and just trying to get the last little bit to the to the goal. It felt really like uh, PBS. Like PBS telethon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we got excited when we got a donation and everyone's cheering. and <laughs> It was pretty bad. Yeah, but it was right. fun. You guys just needed balloons. <laughs> well, you All know right. what? I got to go watch The Secret Life of the American Teenager on Netflix. <laughs> But I appreciate all four of you, or three of you, I counted myself as a person there, for talking to me. And I'm going to look up the Keanu code and look through that and see what I can figure out. And I'm also one day, mark my word, going to write uh, a philosophical essay on synchronicity and see what I can come up with. That sounds great. If you ever want to contribute... So it'll be like... Somebody will have my blog running. If you want to contribute an article to that, that'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. I would be down to do that because I am not opposed to synchronicity and I usually have a fun time talking with people about it, but I'm also, you know, a philosophy student, so it always has to come down to like something like there's like, you know, you like like you have to the difference between synchronicity and philosophy seems to be that philosophy has to be made in some way useful to people, and I'm not saying that synchronicity is like useless because we all just have like a good time hanging out talking about it together. But somehow we have to, I have to figure out how like synchronicity does something because it doesn't seem to ever answer any questions. It only poses questions, which is the same right. thing as philosophy. So they're really similar. I'm not even saying anything insightful here, but I'm really it's interested a, it's a giant, in synchronicity. It's a giant Zen Cohen, man. It's like this thing that kills your brain because it makes no sense whatsoever. It's not yeah, yeah, cause and effect. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, there's a, you know, you guys might look up, this might be interesting to you guys. There's a, there's a philosopher named Charles Sanders Pierce, and he's an American pragmatist. C.S. Pierce is his name. And he would talk about this thing called unlimited semiosis, 
And unlimited semiosis is, for him was exactly what synchronicity is, which is just the unlimited ability to connect signifying chains to signifying chains. That's, for him, that's unlimited semiosis. So the, the fact that we can just continually connect things, like somehow found a place in his philosophy, which is kind of interesting. And what was his name again? Charles Sanders Pierce. 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 It's spelled P-E-I. It's weird. Kind of like my last name. It's P-E-I-R-C-E. Not P-I-E. P-E-I. But yeah, if you look up C.S. Pierce, you can look up Unlimited Semiosis, and it's like pretty interesting. Nice. Wonderful. And on that note, gentlemen, voyo con Dios. All right. Voyo con Dios. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. You bet. Good talking with y'all. Bye-bye. Only know what I know The passing years will show You kept my love so young So new And time after time You'll hear me say that I'm So lucky To be loved